We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky, uh from, uh, oh, I, I hail from all kinds of places, from New Athens, Illinois, from uh, uh, Northfield, Minnesota. I'm just kind of the wandering, wandering pastor. The wandering pastor. I'm going to be in Freeburg. I've been in Freeburg, been in Trinity Prairie. I'm kind of going all over. I'm going to be in Mascouda. <laughs> well, weren't, you the, weren't you telling us a few weeks ago about the uh, how the, the, the monks would go out and just spin themselves around until they got dizzy, <laughs> fall down, and then go whatever direction they fell? Is that is that what it's that, come to, John? That's what it is, yes. I've become a Franciscan, <laughs> a Lutheran Franciscan. Just wherever, wherever my nose points, that's where that's I where go. You go. That explains the robe, too. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. And and who is this with me? Who is this with me today? Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark, and I am from uh, beautiful uh, South St. Louis, Ascension Lutheran Church there in the St. Louis Hills neighborhood. And are, are you, because Matt's been working out here because we he's got a really difficult assignment today. Uh, we are doing the Book of Malachi, and so Matt Matt is going to serve as lector, and he's going to be all over the Book of Malachi. So it's, it's not Malachi, <laughs> it's Malachi. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, John. <laughs> yeah, well, that would have been an awkward show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes, I believe. I believe it's Malachi, although I was thinking, too, it really does look like Malachi, doesn't it? <laughs> it should be. <laughs> we, maybe we should change that. The lesser-known start... Italian prophet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, the prophet Malachi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. So, uh, um, what, what are you doing for Lent? What are you doing for Lent? You got a theme going, a, theory, a series going for Lent? Yes, yeah, so we're looking at different figures within Holy Week that we uh, that were there closest to Jesus. Oh, cool. So we looked at, uh, we've looked at uh, the, the woman who anointed Jesus there in yeah. Bethany. Now, uh, this week we're looking at uh, Judas Iscariot, of course. You got to look at that guy, uh, that betrayer. So we're going to be going through those different individuals closest to Jesus during the time of Holy Week. And we were just talking off the air before we came on. Uh, at Ascension, we're blessed to be in the St. Louis area, and we're one of those many congregations. It's sort of a teaching congregation where uh, field workers from Concordia Seminary here in St. Louis are able to attend our worship, but not only that, also participate in leading worship in various ways as they're prepared to do so, uh, serving as liturgist and preacher and Bible study leaders. Uh, so we're blessed to have a couple field workers who are also preaching during these Wednesdays in Lent, uh, which is a tremendous help to me and also a great experience for them, too. So I want you to think about this. Uh, of course, we do not. Uh, well, we do. We do do the laying on of hands. That's part of our ordination ceremony. Sure. But we don't do it like in the sense of the Roman Catholics where like, you know, one bishop would lay his hands on another person and they would lay their hands on. So that you have this kind of con uh, continuity. Con oh. going, what were you going to say? I thought you were going to say conga line. <laughs> <laughs> one person No, no, well, you put your hands on the person's hips in front of you, not not on their head. That's a conga line. Uh, uh, but but I'm just, I mean, so supposedly you can trace if you're a priest, you can actually trace your 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 lineage all the way back to Saint Peter because they've been yeah, laying this gotcha. hand on yep, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm thinking, you know, we have a little bit of that going on because uh, I'm I'm proud to say that you you were my vicar. 
And, and so uh, you you trained under me, and now you're going out there, and there's other students that, that are that are training under you. And if that shouldn't make people worry about the future of the LCS, <laughs> I don't know what should. That's right. <laughs> they haven't trusted me with a vicar yet. Oh. Just uh, this field workers. So. <laughs> But, but that is, that is kind of neat, though, and it's something unique, really. The field workers, at least, are unique to in, in our church body, whether you're close to St. Louis or Fort Wayne, where our two seminaries are. And, and really, that's something that uh, the rest of the church doesn't get to enjoy, which, no, is, no. which is kind of unfortunate, because I know our, our congregation, we love the field work. They love the field workers more than they love oh, yeah. me, yep. uh, you know, because and, and, and I love them, too, because you, you get to know these uh, these guys and their families, and uh, you, you really just uh, you're inspired by their uh, desire and their hunger to serve the Lord and His people uh, as as pastors, and we need them. So, oh, yeah. uh, so thanks yeah, be to God yeah. for. No, them. we need more. We need more. If there's anybody out there considering, please let the Lord Spirit lead you. Because yeah, we we the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. That's yeah. a literal situation. Yeah. Well, so anyway, I, I'm asking because what we're doing for Lent. Well, I'm actually not doing anything for Lent because I'm retired. <laughs> uh, but but some people who who really didn't think through this. I'm thinking <laughs> they invited me to be part of like a a Lenten round. Robin. <laughs> so obviously, <laughs> it, it's probably like the gal that come and asked me to preach uh, or to be a speaker at the gala at Christ our Savior. And she said, yeah, we tried everybody else. <laughs> and, Thanks a lot. Scraping the bottom of the air <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad everyone else refused yeah, you. Call that John Lukowski. He's retired. <laughs> He'll do it. He's retired. Tell him there's a free meal. He'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is a free meal. I didn't even think about that. Um, so so uh, the theme that they picked out is is minor prophets major savior and so the prophet that i picked is uh malici and uh um so that's what we'd like to do today if, if you were actually at uh freeburg uh last wednesday you've already heard this uh, but that's okay listen to it again <laughs> it'll be good for you this, this will be your lenten discipline <laughs> They're letting us. That's we right. have to bear our crosses during the season. Long. That's right. So, so here's the thing: Have you ever preached from from uh, Malachi before? Uh, I, I, I probably so. You know, okay. I, I try to make a point to, to preach the, the Old Testament. Uh, you know, when I can, and I think we even did a sermon series at some point with the the, the minor prophets. Uh, yeah. So there's, you know, it's just one of those books that I think we overlook a lot, but. Um, there's some good stuff here. Well, I, I've done bits and portions, yeah. uh, uh, um, but but this is the first time I dealt with the the prophet in its entirety, and I really kind of feel like I've probably done Malachi a, misser- a, a disservice mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the past. He he's the go to he's the go to prophet for stewardship sermons because he has some really really harsh things to say about stewardship. In fact, it, it, again, flex those fingers. By the way, do you have your protective gloves on? Because you don't want any paper cuts here. Okay. I don't want any wine and complain. Oh, my up. fingers are so sore. Uh, so Malachi 1, verse 8. Yes. <laughs> Here's one of the famous stewardship things that Malachi says. All right. Uh, 1, verse 8. When you offer blind animals and sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present... Uh, present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor? Says the Lord of hosts. All right. So criticizing the people for bringing these inferior sacrifices. Uh, uh, Malachi three eight again, a classic passage. Works out really great for stewardship. Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But, but you say, how have we robbed you in your tithes and contributions? 
The thing that occurred to me, though, Matt, as I was reflecting, especially on those two passages, you know, most of the law that you find in Malachi, and there's plenty there, as you find in a lot of the prophets, most of the law doesn't apply to you and me, though. Most of these are Old Covenant laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're not laws for both Old and New Testament people. In fact, uh, you, you know what Paul said in Colossians 2, right? He's he talking about some of the Old Testament law. Do you, do you remember that passage from chapter 2, verse 16? I think you have that memorized, don't you, yeah. Matt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one we all That's memorize. Yes, yeah. yeah, from 7. I think I had you memorize that when you were my vicar. That's right. Yeah, let me, still... uh, let me go back yeah, in my, the yeah, annals of my that. brain. Yeah, yeah. Therefore, Paul says... Let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or with regard to festival or new moon or a Sabbath. So so there are these things, and you need to realize this, people. When you read the Old Testament, just because there's a law in the Old Testament, it doesn't necessarily mean it applies to you and me. In fact, Paul says, don't let people judge you on the basis of these things. Now, now Matt, there are some laws in Malachi that do apply to all people of all ages, Old and New Testament. Uh, Malachi's got a really great thing he says about divorce. Um, you want to look that up for us, Malachi 2.16. I've got that one memorized, too, actually, John. I don't think I need <laughs> to look so it up. I'm so impressed. You don't even need to look <laughs> it up. Let me look it up. <laughs> I mean, 2.16, let's see here. Uh, for the man who does not love his wife but divorces her, says the Lord, the God of Israel, covers his garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So guard yourselves in your spirit and do not be faithless. So, Matt, is that just an Old Testament thing? Is that only in the Old Testament are they concerned about divorce? Or? Well, no, that's, that's something that we should concern ourselves about today, too. Yeah, and it is a big it is a big issue today. Uh, you, you got Jesus, of course, saying uh, what what God has joined together, let not man rent asunder. Yeah, Matthew nineteen verse six, I believe it is. <laughs> man, you are just on top of things today. I'm so proud of you. I'm so impressed. He was my vicar, by the way. Uh, um, I would say that whatever he knows, he learned from me, but I don't know anything, <laughs> so that really wouldn't be helpful to him at all. Um, although, you know, it's also interesting that, that while we had that law, it, it was never, ever, it was never, ever forbidden to get divorced. Uh, I mean, even Moses in the law said you could write a writ of divorce. Uh, but of course, Jesus reminds us not because that's good or pleasing, but it's just because of the hardness of your heart, Jesus Christ says. Uh, um, you know, there's another commandment that, that Malachi has too that, that doesn't apply to us, but I think we can learn something from. Let me see if I can remember. Oh, Malachi 2.11. That, that was the one I was looking for. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, let me help you out with that one, John. Yeah. <laughs> Judah has been faithless. An abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem, for Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and has married the daughter of a foreign god. So that's that business about marrying the daughter of a foreign god. What's that talking about? What was the law that the people in Israel had, man? No, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you shall have no other gods, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, and, yeah. and, you know, Israel uh, abandons the Lord and, and worships other gods. And, and and actually, in a very practical sense, then what were the people doing that they weren't supposed to do? They were only supposed to marry. Well, other Israelites. Yeah. 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 Well, the believers in the Lord. Oh, exactly. Exactly. So, again, we don't have that. Uh, uh, now, did you marry a Lutheran? I did. Yes. I married a Lutheran, too. But I suspect you probably got a lot of people in your church that didn't marry Lutherans. Yeah, right. That's true. Uh, um, although, again, I think it's a good thing for us to contemplate because when if we got any young people out there th- that are considering a spouse, you ought to think about that. Ask yourself, what, what does this person believe? Because uh, I, the whole purpose of marriage is that we would have children. We'd raise them up in the Lord. And so the, the faith of your spouse is a, is a crucial issue. 
but again, no, we have no law there. Uh, uh, we could marry from any nation. We can marry from any faith. And in fact, uh, that's kind of Lutheran church growth, isn't it? We marry people outside of the faith, and then we get them to convert to Lutheranism. <laughs> that, that's Lutheran church growth. Uh, um, however, I, I would argue, Matt, that, that these laws about the uh, tithe, by the way, I, I do not think we are bound by the tithe. I do not think you have to give 10% of whatever you have uh, to the Lord. You are quite free to give 15%, 25%, 50%. Right? No, you're 60. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I agree, John. Yeah. But how, how do you... How do you differentiate between those things that we do follow from Malachi and those things we, we don't follow? We're not bound to follow, at least, from Malachi. <laughs> is that on the outline? No, I'm what not, is that? What, oh, what outline? <laughs> oh, that's right. There's no outline. Matt's doing this all from memory. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's a good question. So let me throw that back at you. <laughs> <laughs> I got to remember that one the next time you... <laughs> that's right. Let me throw that oh, no. back at you. Uh, so how would you answer that? How would you answer that? <laughs> Uh, I'll smooth. show you. Okay. Well, well I mean, I, I think I, I would answer it the way you are here, frankly. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as we look at our sheet, especially that those verses about divorce, to show that, well, yeah, it still applies yeah. to us today. Yeah. Well, Jesus says it does. So I, I think that's a pretty good direction to go is um, the, the moral law, what we sometimes call it. We think of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, those still stand today. And again, from Matthew's Gospel, Jesus, you know, his question, what's the greatest command? And it says, the Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And, and in that answer, you know, Jesus is really just summarizing the moral law, the Ten Commandments. So for, for, so for me, you know, I think one gauge is if Jesus says we should do this and affirms that, um, then, yeah, it's, it's worth us doing. But, but like you said, other laws like ceremonial ones and, and even some of the civil laws uh, pointing ahead to Jesus, the, the ceremonial ones in particular, and that's been fulfilled. And, and and so that's really important that you said that because because the way we do it we usually divide it up into like you said the ceremonial laws which had to do about how you worship uh, the civil laws which had to do about government and, and then of course the moral law which, which as you pointed out no that goes to everybody that's not just to one particular nation that would apply to all nations and all people uh, and, and generally I think it's pretty easy to to make that distinction. Uh, um, and, and, and so, as Paul said, and that's what I really liked about your, your point there. So, so it's not like we dismiss the ceremonial and the civil. No, no, but, but no, they don't apply to us, but they certainly do apply to the fulfillment, right? That passage mm-hmm. we yeah, read. They have from, a purpose. They yeah, have a purpose. He, he said, you don't let people judge you about these things because, uh, they were the shadow and Christ is, is the, uh, fulfillment of all that. Um, so, yeah, so generally it, it's fairly easy to sort out. Now, now, tithing would be kind of a difficult thing, but but I'm thinking here in terms of the tithe as a ceremonial law. Would you agree with that? This is what you had to do if you were worshiping the Lord in the Old Testament. You had to bring him a 10%. Yeah, and I, I, I think, you know, what's kind of, there's other laws about money in the yeah. Old Testament, too. And, and for some, they kind of hold on to that tithe, and, yeah, we still need to do this 10% tithe, and you know, that's still what we got to do. But then there's laws about usury in the oh, Old yeah, Testament yeah, and yeah. loaning people money. And, and we I don't hear anyone ever preaching or saying, well, you know, we still got to do a usury yep, because yep. that's how they did money in the Old Testament. So I don't know. I don't understand why if some made this distinction that we got to hold on and retain this tithe money stuff. 
but yet we don't follow any other of the other money related guidelines in the Old Testament law. So, so I think you really hit it on the head, though, when you you quoted Jesus, who says, "This is how you figure out the law. Uh, uh, the law is about uh, having no other gods, uh, feared, love, and trust with God with all your heart and all your mind and all your reason and spirit and whatever other things are mentioned in that passage." <laughs> <laughs> kind of improvising there, uh, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. Uh, uh, so, so see, here's here's my thought. So, no, we don't need to keep the usury law uh, in terms of being Old Testament law. Mm-hmm. That that was something that was civil to them. Yes. And yet, I think there's a good point there that you probably shouldn't be exploiting people with your money. If, if you're going to make a loan to them, you shouldn't be charging them 25% interest because that's not a loving thing to do. Mm-hmm. See, that that's the problem there. Uh, I, I think it also reflects the tithe. Uh, I think the tithe is a matter of the first commandment. Uh, why do we give a tithe? Well, not because it's some law in the Old Testament. Because actually, you know what God wants from us in the New Testament? He doesn't want a tithe. He wants 100%. Yeah. <laughs> he wants everything of your money, your time, your talents. He wants it all devoted to his service and to the love of your neighbor. And, no. it, and it's already his to begin with. That, so we're not even giving it to him because it's his. <laughs> that's right. He just wants you to use the things he's given to you. To manage it, yes. To, to, for, for, for faith in God and love of the neighbor. Uh, but literally, though, no, you can't say to someone, you need to give a tithe. And here, here that other business about, about uh, offering the... Uh, uh, <laughs> The lame animals and the blind animals. Is anyone in your church offering any animals at all? I know, Mac? not even <laughs> none they can see or blind. No, we're not bringing it to John. <laughs> so, and I'm thinking when, when the when the when the when, when the money's collected, do you go through the dollar bills and say, "Oh, that's a dirty, that's an old dollar bill. We don't want that one. We only want new money." Do you do that, no, man? Do that, no, no, no. Um, well, except any dollar bill. <laughs> that's right. It doesn't care. It doesn't matter. Uh, um, and that's when it dawned to me that if you go to Malachi looking for laws, okay, and, and like you said, that's what a lot of people do. What are those Old Testament laws? What? How are we going to apply these? And I'm not saying there aren't applications, but I'm thinking you're really missing the problem in Malachi because the problem in Malachi is there's a reason why people are not giving the tithe. There's a reason why people are bringing blind and lame animals for sacrifices. Uh, um, and do you have any idea what that reason is, Matt? Well, I think that's just a problem of... You know, uh, you know that that surface thing. It goes deeper, all the way to the heart. Exactly. <laughs> it's a, but it's yeah. If you're not giving to the Lord your first fruits, well, that, that's 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 an issue of the heart. <laughs> yeah. So these people just don't trust God. Yeah. In, in fact, read another passage if you don't mind. There, Mal- Malachi one ten. No, no, no. That's not it. Let me see. Where is it at? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, Malachi three ten. Okay. Malachi three ten. I'm sorry. Bring I the, had the ten right. That's right. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of Hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. And so that's the point. You don't trust me, God says. You know, come on, trust me. Put me to this. Give me these things and see if I don't bless you. Now let me ask you. So you asked me the tough question. I think we started that out pretty good about how you tell which laws apply and which don't. Yeah. I'd give us a, a, a start. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll pat so, ourselves so, on the back. <laughs> so, so you know the history. You know where, where Malachi is preaching. So what's the problem here? Why are people not trusting God? What's going on in their lives that they would not trust him? Well, I don't know, John. Why do you think people are trusting him? I'm so proud. <laughs> he is my so student. Well. Oh, I'm so, oh, man. You know, it makes the teacher just kind of weep when he sees the student. Uh, well, I, I love your 
perspective on their show. <laughs> well, since I actually am preaching on this, yes, I have a perspective. This is this is post this is post Babylonian exile stuff, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. So seventy years you've been exiled in Babylon. Seventy years the prophets have been saying, "Don't worry, don't despair. You're not going to be here forever. You're going to return to your homeland, and the new messianic kingdom is going to be established." And so seventy years you've been waiting for this to be freed and to be to have the new messianic kingdom. And so it happens because God's word always uh, is fulfilled. And so they get to go back. And, and of course, at first, like true Israelites, they're, they're just worried about themselves building their own homes. And the prophets have to come and say, wait a second, God didn't send you back here just so you could settle down and be comfortable. No, you got to get the city. We got the temple. The temple. We got to get the temple going. We got to get the sacrifices going again. Um, but but that was the problem. It It really wasn't all that that they had planned or expected. Uh, you, you, what, you remember what the old people said about the new temple? The oh, new they, temp- they even weeped over it because it wasn't it wasn't Solomon's temple. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it's the way we old people are. We're always moaning that things aren't as nice as they were in the good old days. Um, so they did have the temple. They were making sacrifices. Again. Well, that's a good thing, but but they're not a mighty kingdom. Right, in no, fact, far I, from it. I think they're ruled probably by some Persian governor or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, back in the good old days, you get King David, and, and man, they would go out with their armies and they just whip whip the butts of anybody. You know, if somebody messed with them, they would just go wipe them out. And now their neighbors are bullying them and giving them trouble, and they don't even have a mighty armory to 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 fight these people off. And and that's the problem. This is not the messianic kingdom they had planned, and mm-hmm. they're wondering, well, God. Where are you at? Uh, and, and see, to me, this is where Malachi uh, intersects uh, uh, our lives. Because um, things don't work out the way we planned. We, we have these visions of the messianic kingdom for our own life, and it just doesn't work out the way we planned. Um, I'm going to tell a story here, and, and I don't want to make people think less of me, but, but you know well, having worked with me, that I am a sinner. That, that's no doubt. But, you know, Lynn had this, uh, Lynn and I had a plan. We, we, we were going to have this little bungalow in Wathens, and, and we remodeled it, and it was just going to be for us. And Lynn and I would enjoy our retirement years just together. Her, in fact, we have this island in, in the kitchen, and, and it's just big enough for two people. Well, it's not a big kitchen, but just Lynn and I sitting there having breakfast together. You know, other than a handful of days, we have not had our time. <laughs> breakfast together. No, no, because uh, Lynn's dad came down with cancer, and even before we moved into the bungalow, he, he came down here to get treatment at, at the Seidman Center, and, and no sooner, no sooner did uh, Jerry get better uh, than uh, my son's apartment caught on fire, and it wasn't even a week later and my son now is living with us and I feel horrible and I do repent of this seriously people because these are good people Jerry and and Josh they're easy people to love easy people to be with but see it wasn't our plan um and in fact what worries us is what is the future going to hold for Jerry what is the future going to hold for Josh see and this is the same thing that uh, uh the people of, of Israel were experiencing these doubts and concerns and if I might add another another example, uh, our dear friend Herb Miller, you you know Herb oh, and sure. Faith, uh, again the first vice president, and and Herb was they had their plans. They they bought a big truck and they bought a a, a RV and they were going to travel the country. Well, now Herb has come down with cancer, and whether they'll ever be able to do that or not. So so this is what Malachi is addressing. This is the situation. People that have doubts for probably good reasons because it's not going according to their plans. It's not the Messianic kingdom they 
expected. But could you read Malachi as we kind of wrap up here? Malachi 3, 1 through 4. Sure. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come into his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Matt, would you mind, could we pick this up for a little bit next week? Sure, you And, and talk about why that passage is meant to be a great comfort to people whose um, plans are not working out the way they thought they should work out. Whose messianic kingdom maybe isn't the messianic kingdom they had pictured. All right. But there's still good. hope for people like us. So look forward right. to hearing about that hope next week. And this has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. basics.